that time of the week again folks yeah the time when a group of carlton loving internet somebodies get together to share exciting opinions to laugh for no apparent reason and to offend each other and anybody else that might be listening and then we start the podcast and do it all over again i'm odn and this is episode three of the 2016 bigfooty blues podcast as usual, I've surrounded myself with the creme de la creme of Bigfooty posters in no particular order. Hello, HBF. Hello, ODN. Hello, everyone. Hi there, Mebby. Hello, everybody. Greetings and salutations, Shandog. Oh, howdy. Yeah. How are you doing? And, and about a day late, Ferris B, just taking the piss as usual. Here you go, mate. <laughs> oh, is this thing on? Wait, hello. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm good. Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, we're good. Um... So, folks, Thursday night at the MCG, Carlton 12-11-83 gallantly, courageously went down to Richmond 14-8-92. Goals for Carlton, Wright 3, Everett 2, Singles to Lamb, Gibbs, Cruiser, Murphy, Cripps, Phillips and Walker. And named in the best for Carlton were Cripps, Murphy, Wright, Gibbs, Carriage and Doherty. Um, Actually, I I was going to ask you guys how you you saw the game, but I'm just going to stop for a second. There was... um, I laid out a challenge last week. Um, HBF, I, I, yes. did put, I did put you on the spot last week, mate, and you kind of let me down. <laughs> uh, let us all down, really. Um, this week, I'm going to give you the chance to atone. Yes. And my spies tell me that you have done your homework and you've got this. I do. I H- H- HBF, do you have the stats for the player a lot of people have been talking about? The player that a certain someone on this podcast obsesses over. Do you have the stats for Dylan Look, Huntley? I do. You motherfucker, that is so nasty. Get fucked. I've had enough of this shit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> That's bullshit. You guys are only doing this. I admitted that he had an off game, and everybody has given me shit ever since the game ended, quoting me, tagging me in face about him and all that sort of bullshit. Fuck off. He was shit and he knows it and so do I. Um, that, that's pretty awkward. This was no setup. HBF, do you have the stats for Patrick Cripps? <laughs> I'm so annoyed now. Well, I, 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 I can only say I wrote the bleeper, the, um, the um, uh, even on a trial version that only lasts like 30 bleeps and then oh, the is gone. <laughs> Stop. It's like $10 a bleep. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to rattle some pins tonight because the <laughs> other, I've cracked it. Just like the cult Let's give HBF a chance to talk about about Patrick Cripps. Uh, look, I have done some homework on Patrick's game, so here are the numbers that matter. He had uh, 27 touches. Of those, 17 were contested. Uh, 10 clearances, one goal, and his disposal efficiency was 74.1%. Not really much I can say about it other than it was just an unbelievable game from him. His ability to get the ball out to teammates and his vision is sort of up there with sort of Sam Mitchell. Uh, he just, 
his, his peripheral vision really does, doesn't come along that often. Um, and the way he finds teammates is really amazing. They, they did a bit of an analysis on Fox, Fox footy during the game about whether he's in that elite category yet. Um, and he's elite in most aspects, just not a couple. So they've got him in that sort of that very, very good category. I think he just needs to improve his disposal efficiency, which it looks like he has, he is doing it. Um, meters gained. So he doesn't, he, he needs to pick that up. But other than that, he's, you know, he's a lead in sort of every other category. So I'd let someone else talk about him if they like, but, um, <laughs> or talk about anything else they might want to talk about. <laughs> I mean, he was okay. Uh, there was, uh, wasn't he compared to, uh, a uh, daredevil, um, in that, um, People suspect that he's actually blind. He's using some sort of a radar or something to find people because he's not actually looking at anybody when he when he passes to them. That's hilarious. I haven't seen that, but that's great. <laughs> I, I will look. Obviously, it was a, it was an amazing game, and we're sort of I think we're to an extent getting used to it um, as much as you can. A sort of high twenty possession, you know, ten clearances, uh, you know, a bunch of tackles as well. But um, look, look, I mean, me seeing a a, a no look hand pass from Chris. I wouldn't wouldn't go as far as saying it was run of the mill, but it's somewhat expected these days. It's just so um, it happens so easily. But um, what I thought was really impressive is that um, it seemed that all of our players this week knew where the rest of the team were, um, which I haven't seen in a long time. So either uh, Bolton's a great choice, everyone has just been hanging off Patrick Cripps all preseason. Following on from that, um, we, we've seen during the preseason, you know, snippets of what our game plan is going to look like when our full side's out there, and we've had some hope over it. Um, game plan wise, Shandong, did Thursday night exceed your expectations? Yeah, it did really. That quick handball movement, we saw a little bit of that in the NAB Cup, but I don't think it was um, anywhere near the proficiency that we we did it with in round one. So that's that's one of the key things that I was really happy about and posted in that um, what have you learnt from round one thing was um, the game plan is incrementally being executed better with every every game that we play. So that was really, really exciting. That end-to-end passage that we had that everyone, I'm sure everyone remembers, um, which ended with um, our boy Cripps kicking that goal was just fantastic. And that, that quick ball movement, um, taking a little bit of a risk, that, that's the old Carlton that um, we haven't seen for a long time. You know, when we were flying under rats, it was great. Yeah, it, it's kind of, it's a little bit scary, isn't it? Um, it was once sort of on the halfback flank with uh, Matthew Cruz who got the ball and uh, he had he had a first option and he didn't take and he had a second option he didn't take and he was sort of running back back a little bit and you start thinking, he's going to get caught. This is what yeah, we do. Yeah, we were screwed. And he, <laughs> and he actually, and he picked off the perfect target running target um to send us up the other end and um and i just thought wow this this is how long does that would you expect that to come together for a team that hadn't been doing that for the last three years um yeah. amazing i actually um got a little confession to make to the rest of you podcasters and the wider carlton community i actually didn't go to the game on, on thursday night i um i actually Ooh. chose to stay home and watch it to, and this was part of the reason I really wanted to have a look at our game plan and, and how that, as Shan sort of said, that that quick ball movement looked on TV. And just there, there's so oh, much. You were full of it. You were, <laughs> you were never going to go. You sent me by myself. Uh, and no, it was, I, not, it was not because you wanted to see the game plan on TV. But keep talking. Was, was, it, like, was it like the final of the, the farmer wants a wife or something? Is that what? Uh, <laughs> I, I must admit, I. I, I really did want to have a look at this. Um, 
up close because, um, you know, I, it's pretty rare that I actually watch a game, a Carlton game on TV other than if it's a, not in Victoria. So, yeah, I just wanted to have a look and, and see what we looked like. And we looked, you know, we looked really good. You know, had we taken a few of those chances, we um, we might have actually got over the top of Richmond. So, yeah, it was good. It was really good to see actual, like, a, a modern game plan being executed pretty well. Yeah, that's the difference between now and, and what we were doing under Rats, I reckon, was the fact that that all-out attack that we had was great, but um, and we're sort of seeing little glimpse of, uh, glimpses of that, which is great, but we've also actually got a defensive setup now, which yeah. is uh, the other thing. Very positive. Yeah, yeah. The well, t- team defence back in the um, sort of around the 50-metre arc, when we're going forward, we, uh, we, we always have a couple of uh, tall defenders stationed around the 50 arc and um, sort of hanging back from their man a bit, letting them run off 20, 30 metres here and there and stuff like that just so they can, you know, um, sort of read the play and, and take those intercept grabs. And I noticed Hawthorne do that. And I've read Hawthorne supporters saying when they started watching that game and we started uh, some of those plays that we were unfolding, they would go, oh, my God, they're just like Hawthorne. And that's, that's, yep. that's you know, praise from Caesar kind of thing. So, <laughs> you know, obviously we're, we have to get a lot better at it, but... You guys, how good is it to have a fit cruiser, Gibbs and Murphy all on the same side though? Like Murphy played, like I remember him used, used to play. And for someone yep. who hasn't had a preseason at all, I think he absolutely smashed it. Um, I think I gave him best on ground. Like he's had mm. injury after injury last year and to come out having played no nab minutes and then do that and then like in partnership with Gibbs. I know Gibbs made a few clangers, but the way he's playing, you kind of expect that he will make a few because he's trying to scoop the ball out. But it's just nice to see Buddy Cruiser out there as well, and he kicked a goal. God love him. <laughs> now, all three had really good you spot on. Um, they were all very classy. I think I did the same thing. I think I gave Murph best on ground and Cripps behind that. But, um, yeah, to see them all firing at the same time, uh, it does mean that if we can get those guys on the park for the you know vast majority of the year, we are going to be competitive with everyone. So uh, I'm totally wrapped with how that midfielders uh, went, except for that little patch in the last quarter where we pretty much lost it all. But you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's other than that, it was good. Well, I just think yeah. I just think we need to add one more quality mid somewhere, and um, you know that sort of thing. Yeah. So when when you know, Cripps is resting or or whatnot. Um, um, then we've sort of got somebody else to, to go in there and pick up the slack, you know, maybe another big body. Um, I noticed we uh, we won the uncontested possessions pretty handily, and now usually when we play Richmond, they, they generally win those uncontested possessions and they run around the outside of us. So for us to actually beat them at their own game in that regard is, is pretty impressive. Um, there was another name that uh, copped a lot of attention after the match, during the match, after... Uh, and uh, mainly because it's just not done. You don't see key position players come into a team on their first game and show such poise, uh, poise of a you know eighty game player, and um, and barely make a mistake. Um, Jacob Weedering, um was uh, probably every bit as good or even better than we envisaged he'd be. He was probably the best defender we had that night, to be honest with you. I agree. I mean, Roe had Hell a decent yeah. game. Jamo was a bit meh. And if you had to pick one key defender, it's, well, Wiedering probably had the best game out of the lot. I was listening to um, SEN on my way back from the game because I actually went to it. Um, and they were saying that with Wiedering, it was kind of like he could have swapped jumpers with Jamo and you wouldn't have blinked an eye. Like, he's that 
he's that composed and he he looks like someone who's been out there for a hell of a lot longer than just that game. Um, and he's kind of like the opposite to Casbolt for me. When Wiedering's got the ball, I'm totally relaxed. I'm like, oh, he's going to do something good with this. So I like him. More, please. Um, and he's already talking yeah. smack to opposition forwards. <gasps> Isn't he, though? That <laughs> little, that, that missed it by that much or whatever he did to Jack Rewalt was that, that was That was, you've got a small... Dictaphone. I was, uh, I was being polite <laughs> for once in my goddamn life. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he, uh, Wiedering's been uh, pipped at the post and missed out on the Rising Star nomination uh, this week, but uh, I'm sure that he will get one. Uh, anybody else in the game that sort of uh, impressed you? Right. Yeah, I'll mm. exactly the same thing. Three well, I got it first. Right. <laughs> I'm, I've been, and second been and third little, yeah exactly and I'm still going we've been missing a little goal sneak I like him if he can keep doing that then he mm. might be a favourite that was good we, we've we been crying out for a goal sneak for a, for a small forward for a, quite a while now mm. um, probably since around about 2013 I'd say. Mm. Um, so it, it, it's good to have one and, um, and just, just on that um Jed Lamb's our, the other one that we sort of normally look at as being a small, medium forward, um, playing that sort of role as well. And um, he was he was solid. I don't think he disappointed. Yeah, good game. I went back and watched the first half because I'm Sam Doherty's board buddy. So I've uh, I thought I was going to go back and just record some of the um, the little good bits of stuff he's done as like a round one highlight thing and post it on his thread. Um, but having watched the first half back. The thing that stood out to me watching it a second time was how good Wright and Lamb were up forward for their pressure and locking the ball in. Um, they had a lot of, they were involved in a lot of little chains where I hadn't actually realised it watching the game the first time where they had just that, a little pivotal handball here or tackle there that really changed what was going on. So I think their, their influence was probably a little bit underrated by people because there was a few on the board, I think, who were a bit sort of, uh, did Lamb really do anything? Yeah, Wright was good, but yeah. Mm. Um, and I think, I think they were a bit underrated, both of them. Well, certainly Lamb, anyway. Well, one thing I noticed um, was the defensive pressure, the forward defensive pressure. I can think of two or three times where Richmond had a, a kick in from, you know, Casbolt, I mean, a behind, and, um, and you know, the, 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 the ball came out. <laughs> you know, so if, if the, uh, if the, you know, if the kicker, the kick in, um, you know, played on, they had a couple of players rushing at them and they were, they had a lot of pressure on them. If they booted it to 50, the ball actually stayed within sort of 60 metres of goal for actually a couple of minutes. Like, that, it was just not... Okay, maybe a bit overreaction to say it was a, a wall there they couldn't get past, but it was a real battle, and there was tackles, and there was pressure and turnovers, and we forced some even boundary throw-ins. Yep. And these, like you said, yeah, Wright and Lamb were in that, a big part of that. And, and to... You know, we had chunks of minutes where it just didn't go past centre, but for the right way for once. And um, it was it was really good to see, and that's just you know so important, especially when you know a, a forward fifty entry and target is difficult for us. If we can keep it up there and make something of it, it's going to be um, you know we need all the goals and and inside fifties we can get. Um, seeing as though you're his board bunny, a uh, board buddy, um, Sam Doherty and Bunny, Bunny, yeah, yeah both, um, especially <laughs> at Easter, um, yeah, Sam Doherty 
uh, 29 possessions, that's something. He's, he's getting up there as far as uh, accumulating, and he's not just being that sweeper back there in defence, so he can trust some of the other defenders and come forward a bit. And we've always looked at him as being somebody who could maybe move up and into uh, into the congestion a little bit now and again and insert himself into the midfield, and he seems to be doing that. And even his um, uh, contested possessions has sort of got a little bit high. He usually only gets a few of those and does a, you know, a lot of uh, sort of linking up. But um, and his, his disposal as well. I mean, everything he's looked at his game and I always look at him as being a, a Hodge type and yeah. uh, I don't know he just seems to be heading in that direction really rapidly for me yeah he was he, did, he had a pretty good game in that regard um, he was still I think playing a fair bit like that that sweeper sort of guy like I noticed a few um, times where the ball would get kicked in long to our defence someone would spoil and he'd receive a hand pass after whoever cleaned it up and, and kick it out of defensive 50 mm-hmm. um, and he he did a good job of it too. His disposal was pretty good. That's the one knock that people sort of have on him is occasionally he can just spray a terrible one. He didn't, there was none of that in round one. Uh, he, he ran quite hard. I saw a lot of good hard chases. Um, he, he didn't stand out. I was actually surprised at how many disposals he had because he didn't really stand out to me watching the game, but it was mm. still a pretty solid, solid game. So. Um, good start for round one um, from him. I saw him at one stage tear into a pack and um, and sort of you know just force the ball out with gritted teeth, and I was just uh, pretty impressed with that sort of side of it because I hadn't seen it too much. Um, when you're talking about the the disposal efficiency, 18 of our players had 70% disposal efficiency or higher. Uh, I don't think I've seen that before. I think Weedering was somewhere around 94, 95. <coughs> yes. I think to me yep. that's probably just one bad kick or one bad disposal, I should say. So, um, amazing. You just, just, you know, you watch him kick the footy and he's just so short and he just has so composure when he kicks the thing or handballs it. Um, we, I think just based on what we've seen already, definitely think that, uh, Silvani and his team have made their right choice and mm-hmm. take that, uh, that one bad disposal, which didn't even count as a clanger, I believe was the one where he, um, or he evaded two Richmond players, uh, step just, just the waltz between them, and um, and um, kicked the ball inside fifty, and it sort of bounced at the foot of the, the, the leading Richmond and Carlton players together. So it didn't really go to us, but um, it didn't really cost us, and it wasn't classy as a clanger. So, um, but I just thought I wanted to mention the eva- the evasion skills. Yeah, it was. I watched <laughs> that gif like a hundred times over that someone made, or is it a gif? Is it a gif or a gif? Uh, it doesn't matter. It's a GIF. It's a gif. I'm gonna bleep that. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, Andrew Phillips is um, uh, looks like a really able um, partner for Matthew Cruiser. He, he's, he's sort of not letting us down at all in the middle, and um, he's worked up some pretty good combinations with our midfielders as well. So, um, and uh, probably the better tap ruckman, really. Well, just sort of whilst we're talking about Phillips and we've mentioned Lamb as well, I think what sort of if you have a look at a bit of a long-term sort of look at this, you know, I think most of us thought sort of Phillips and Lamb were sort of, I won't say steak knives, but I think they were the sort of a couple of the extra players that we picked up when we managed to secure sort of Plowman and Sumner who were sort of highly, bit higher rated than those two. So, you know, if if we're getting this much out of Lamb and Phillips, you know, once Plowman and, and Sumner are fit and up and going, you know, I think um, I think we might have done very well out of that sort of that trade last year to to get those boys that come. So I think we've got a lot to look forward to. Yeah, absolutely. I think we're going to move on from that game. 
And actually, just before we go into any other segment, did somebody out there something to say about the match? Something you had to get out? No, I thought I had something. Sammy Rowe was good. Sammy Rowe, sorry. <laughs> who, who was it? Rowe! Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, by my count, he's for the first three or four times he touched the ball, there was some serious fluff in there, and I think he even got a Bronx cheer, but after that, he sort of found his feet, but it was a pretty ordinary start for me, and a, a decent finish for him, at least. Yeah, he wasn't too bad. He did start off a bit, but then there was a couple of massive spoils, a couple of really good marks, so um, I'm glad that he, I mean, he wasn't, you know, there was, it wasn't a stunning game or anything like that, but I'm glad he's turned it around, because it was an absolute shit fight in the nab, so <laughs> that's good. All right. Look, uh, just 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 with a view to future games in the in the VFL, uh, the Northern Blues had a ten goal win over Richmond in a VFL practice match. Um, three goals each to Jones, Gorringe, and Jack Silvani, and two to uh, Jack. And I think out uh, of the sort of the runners. Um, Kieran Byrne seems to be the one that uh, that stood out. So, um, just just I didn't I didn't listen to the match. I didn't go to the match. Did anybody here go to that match? No, no. So just just you know watching the tweets as they came in and sort of hearing the write ups and stuff like that. Um, it seemed to be a lot of players that were in good form and uh, a healthy Northern Blues is really really good for the senior team. Um, and suddenly it looks like we've got we've got a bit of depth, especially seeing those talls kicking goals and apparently having uh, reasonably good games. So we've maybe got some options if we do need to add another tall forward. Dylan Viojo. You're right. Joey Jojo Jamoe. He got a special write-up for being quite effective there. I think he got just over 20 disposals or so. That's good. I'd like to see him kick on because he's been very up and down, I think. Well, him and Cunningham sitting in the reserves at the moment, sitting in the VFL at the moment, is really good because, you know, we we expect that they're... um, DVR was the one we had a bit of a a query over, but he seems to have really responded to Bolton's coaching. Yeah, just just off off reports that I saw, um, uh, at least one person said that, that Clem... Smith was very, very good. Yep. And, uh, I mean, it sounds like we had, you know, winners all over the park, which, you know, it comes through when you have a 10-goal win in a, in a practice match. But um, one thing that stood out for me, not just player-specific, is that it looked like um, someone wrote that the um, the Magoo's game plan looked the same as uh, what we saw uh, things against Hallelujah. the Tigers. So, I know. Come on. Some symmetry. <laughs> Who would have thought that's a good idea? Jeez. I... <laughs> I, so I'm, I'm used to our uh, senior coaches, you know, sending our BFL coaches to the other side of uh, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the side of the stands and and uh, you give each other greasies and all sorts of things. So look, that that was that was really really reassuring for me. And um, apparently, one of the players said that they the, the VFL players has said that they've even spent time with the, the Carlton coaches as well. So it just it seemed that it's such a no-brainer to us. And finally it, it, it does, because even if they're not listed players, they're, work, they're working with our listed players, and we need our listed players to play in a certain way. And if they, if they can't develop because the standard of the others is no good, um, why wouldn't you sort of at least give them a taste of what a... Give, give the, the other guys a taste of what a um, professional AFL team does, and maybe... They'll end up on an AFL list someday as well. So I think it's, it's, it is a no-brainer, but given where we come from, you know, you know, wild applause. 
Finally. Is it worth uh, discussing that how good Lambert looked for Richmond, by the way? Really? I don't know who he no. is. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, all right. He's dead to us. All right, fuck you, Lambert. Good. Ha <laughs> 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 you thought too. I thought it was the I thought it was about time I get on it. You yeah. know, it's, it's okay, Meb. We kind of got like a buy ninety nine get the hundred free loyalty card. So. <laughs> 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 Kieran Sheehan has uh, copped another injury. He'll be out for a few weeks, um, and uh, which is a particular concern given he was out for the whole of last year. So, uh, God, I mean, as, as a rookie um, who's not a nominated rookie and re- who's going to rely on a long-term injury, um, with big uh, Harry Mackay out for uh, ten weeks, it was an opportunity for somebody to to get elevated, and maybe Sheehan would have been that one. Normally, so he's um, he's he's going to battle to get back into the senior team this year, and uh, it's a bit of a concern. But uh, talented player, just uh, maybe um, you know injuries at the wrong time when the seed side's looking to uh, to build is going to be tough on him. So fingers crossed. It is only four four weeks estimated at this point, though. So yeah. we're at the start of the season. He's yeah. had a bit of a preseason. Hopefully. We can see. Hopefully, yeah, but he's going to get to get back into the VFL and perform for a little while. Then he's going to rely on a, a long-term injury spot, and uh, then he's going to come in and perform at AFL level and show what he was doing in 2014. Um, because you know we've made a lot of changes last year, and we're probably going to make a few more. And uh, list spots will really be at a premium. So hopefully, um, how about just briefly? Anybody want to just talk about some of our Future opponents, and um, you know who impressed and <laughs> who did not impress at all. Well, HB went, went, went to the Bulldogs Frio game yesterday. Sorry, what? He went to the Bulldogs Frio game. Yeah, this weekend. but he didn't go to a Carlton game. But oh, anyway, shit. I say, um, I tell you what, I'm Ferris. I'm sorry about giving you static for not watching the journey. Uh, HBF is on the shit list for sure. Yeah. yeah, I know. You can throw rocks at him. I have been. <laughs> um, but so, funnily enough, Frio went. Terrible, atrocious, really bad, awful, horrific. Um, and the Bulldogs were freaking on fire. I'm worried about meeting them. But, um, like, Freo was a, I've never seen them play that badly that I can remember. It was so satisfying for me to watch. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> expecting that word. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so I think there's a few, like, kind of powerhouse clubs that were shown this weekend. There was some cracker barrel games and there were also some like really embarrassing results like do we need to mention Collingwood should I bring them up because they were bad oh, no, please we do. should please do so bad guys <laughs> I think because I was I was um at the rugby and I was getting score updates sent to me and at one stage it was like I don't know 70 to 14 and I laughed and I laughed and I laughed well you know in, in fairness there's only 22 players uh on a, on a side on a given day, and 11 of those players were, were a bit upset that somebody had found their stash. So Coming down on <laughs> That makes it hard to play when you're coming down, you guys. Have a yeah. bit of respect. And um, were the Essendon retreads as bad as everybody expected? Oh, yes. yes they were, they were yeah. I thought probably half to three quarters of that game, and, yeah, they were... They were ordinary, and I, I think sort of not that I have any sympathy for Essendon supporters at all, but Gold Coast never really clicked yesterday. They, they did for a little bit in the second quarter, but other than that, it was a sort of a 
bit of a dour sort of struggle. So, and to lose sort of by 10 goals, you know, yeah, they're going to have a very long year, those guys. But we don't care about them, so it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, in terms of um, recent former Blues, anybody? I'm, I'm not going to well, count. I can't count Kennedy because um, yeah, that was too long ago and he was yeah, barely there. And- but- can't count Menzel because he's on the bench. Oh, well, they're all, you know, Yaren's not playing. Or Yaren. Yeah. Um, and, um, Henderson kicked a goal today. Good on you, Hendo, but you did nothing else. Um, yeah. Jeffrey Garlett was good on, uh, on Saturday. I watched, I watched a fair bit of footy on Saturday and, um, uh, he, he was okay against GWS. So of the games that I saw, he was probably, although Jared Wade, I think played well. I think so. Jared Wade was probably one of the North's best. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch that game. I, Watch Star Collingwood get flogged. So, um, yeah, but I, uh, Garlett was good. Yeah. So, well, that was a, that was a walk down memory lane. And now we can forget all about you, you turncake bastard. <laughs> um, I think for, for Brizzy though, um, I, I didn't watch the whole match, but I'm pretty sure I saw, um, Bell was doing quite well. I'm just having a look at the stats now. Yeah. We, Belly got actually most disposals for Brisbane. We can talk about Bell. Um, we like Bell. Yeah. Yeah. So he, good man. he's probably, I would, I think it's fair to say he had a good game. Um, Robbo, a decent one as well. It was fun. Uh, let me have a look. Advanced stats. Uh, Tom Bell. Uh, 83.3%. So not too bad. Work, belly. Well done, Belly. Pitch, on the other hand, I caught a few minutes of, of that game and as soon as I flicked it on, he's banged it on the boot. It's gone directly up in the air to no one in particular and I thought, oh, darling, never change. <laughs> I tell you what, the thing that stood out to me, though, having to look at all these game scores and stuff, um, St Kilda really took it up to port for for most of the match, which was good. Um, and and even Brisbane, they got smashed by West Coast by you know ten goals. That's a high they still, game. it was a really high scoring game. Yeah, yeah, them and St Kilda both scored a hundred points plus. You know, and and I look at us and I go, oh, you know, we've managed eighty three. We we missed a lot of goals we should have kicked, but um when we come up against those sort of teams, um they're they're gonna be able to score enough to beat us. So it's not like uh we had a great round one, but that's by no means means that we're gonna be beating guys like or teams like Saints and Brisbane and, we'll and right. even Essendon to be honest. Well, we'll no, no, right. fuck Essendon. Yeah, we'll smash them. We'll <laughs> be right. Stop it. That's enough. Thank it's, you. It's, it's, yeah. it's been a it's been a blue night so far, folks. Yeah. Um <laughs> so round two for Carlton is on Sunday, four forty PM at Etihad Stadium, where the Mighty Blues take on the Sydney Swans who really put the pies to the sword to the tune of eighty points. Uh I mean, do we talk about where we can win this or we talk about where we can hold them or we talk about just we're gonna do better than the pies did? I think um, what we need to look at with Sydney is as, as bad as Collingwood were, Sydney were very good. So we are going to have to produce some sort of effort on Sunday afternoon to sort of even stay close to them. Our, our midfield against them in NAB 3 or 2 or whatever it was, was actually quite good. So, you know, if we can if we can even break even with them in centre square clearances and, and not let them get that fast ball into the forward line to buddy and tip it, that will help, but they've just their midfield depth is amazing, and uh, the, all of their midfields. I think Bar Kennedy had very good games on Saturday night, and um, you know a lot of their kids played well. Yeah, There's a couple of first gamers that, that looked all right, so we're going to be up against it from the get go. But I will be there after uh, about seventeen thousand dumplings with uh, Mebby and Thylacine, so 
<laughs> I will be there cheering the boys and hoping for the best. Um, Franklin has a bit of a shoulder niggle. I don't know whether it's a case of Sydney looking at it and going, well, do we do we risk him against Carlton? Or I think they're wondering whether they risk him against Wheatering. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, he's going to have to get his arms up in the air, isn't he? So um, that's interesting. I don't know when he did. I didn't watch the game. I don't know when he did, um, when he injured his shoulder. Um, so I don't know how he played after he injured it. Just, uh, oh, actually, it says, uh, so it bothered him at various stages after quarter time. So he, he did it in the first quarter as a, just thought more of a collision injury. Mm. Uh, and he came off and, it looked like either it looked like for me it was either a stinger or, or an AC joint. And he came back on and couldn't quite get his um, arm up above his head, or sorry, his hand up above his head. But um, once the sort of game kept going, and maybe it loosened up a bit, he seemed to be fine. And I caught an interview with um, Josh Kennedy this morning, um, and he said he, he should be fine. They expect him to play on Sunday. So um, I think in the NAB Challenge, uh, Ed Kerno, um tagged Josh Kennedy and did a pretty good job. Do you think it's, it might be uh, more prudent to put him on Luke Parker? Their midfield's so strong. I, I don't know who you'd tag him with, mm. but he did so well on Kennedy a couple of weeks ago, so I'd be inclined to, to do that. I mean, their, their midfield is so deep with, you know, uh, Kennedy and Jack and Hanbury and Parker and um, Heaney when he goes through and Callum Mills who only played his first game. So it, it's going to be tough. So I think we just try and lock down on one of them at least. And Kennedy's as good an option as any, I suppose. Collingwood just had no pressure in that midfield at all. So that's why they, that's why the Sydney Sydney's midfielders pretty much almost did what they want. I mean, in, in that second quarter, it was it was all but. A glorified practice session, a training session for them. There was just no pressure. They they did what they wanted. So I'm expecting us to at least have that effort when we don't have the footy and not let them sort of run around and do what they want. Does Daisy come straight back into the side? Yeah, look, I, I've said on the board I wouldn't bring him back in. I don't see what he's done to be an automatic inclusion. Um, I, I, look, I can't remember who it was, but somebody on the board today said, you know, if we're if we're sort of doing a reset and a rebuild. You know, he's really not part of our future. So why, why does he come in when like someone like a Kieran Byrne or, um, you know, Jacksh or someone like that who's performed well at VFL level? Why don't they come in a- ahead of him? So, well, he can match up on Jeremy Laidler again and uh, miss next week. So that's, that's a possible. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably because he costs a hell of a lot more than what Kieran Byrne costs. So they need to justify salary somehow. Um, is, is there anybody in the gun to, to be dropped? I think Simon White and Dylan Buckley probably the two most nervous this week. Both didn't have good games, and yeah, I just find it a little bit ironic that um, Dylan Buckley was probably our most uh, attacking, <laughs> rebounding, chance-taking sort of harsh halfback flanker um, previously when nobody and we didn't have very many players doing it and doing it consistently and trying to make things happen. And as soon as we start playing a game like that. He sort of seems to be playing a different role and he's a little bit confused by it. So I hope he works it out. Um, and, uh, and it doesn't cost him, you know, too many games or anything. But you've got to say, if Buckley was one to, um, uh, to miss out, that, um, Karen Byrne would be the perfect replacement. Yeah, it's going to be tough to say. I don't, I don't know if there's going to be too many changes. It might be the case of just, um, uh, sticking with the same round one team 
uh, to go into round two and, and see how it goes again. Um, changes for the sake of changes is probably not a great thing. Um, but I can understand people's arguments when they say, I'll bring some younger guys through for guys who aren't performing. So I really have no idea. So I uh, hope you enjoyed my valuable contribution <laughs> to that discussion. <laughs> <laughs> it was no no less no less valuable than usual. Oh, Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I choose to take that as a compliment. <laughs> I'm just looking at. I mean, I had this concern about having to add, add another tall forward. Uh, whoever we choose, you know, I'm hoping hoping Christian Jacks will come in and play forward or something like that. Uh, for, for me, um, you know, Sydney's midfield was spoken about. Obviously, extremely strong. Um, you know, they've got plenty of options up forward and their midfielders are kicking goals and multiple goals. Not saying their defence is terrible, but, it, you know, if I had to pick a third of the ground where they're weakest, it's the defence. And I just don't think we have the cattle to take advantage of that. Uh, whether we're going tall or, sh- or small, uh, mobile forward line, I think, you know, that's how you would beat Sydney. And unfortunately, at this stage, I don't think we've got, um, you know, the, the forward line to, to do that. Um, and, and just quickly, um, realistically, who's going to play on, buddy? Jamo. And it, uh, or Jamo with um, stay at home with Weedering following him up the ground, or just um, just generally just keep Weedering back as that sweeper role, um, yeah. and and take him once he starts running back into fifty deep. Yeah. I mean, and then and then I guess right that that leaves Rowan Tippett, Tippett. as a fairly um, straightforward matchup. I mean, Tippett spent a lot of time in the stop. Especially Sol Ruck, I would bit of backup from Sinclair, but obviously up forward, that's a pretty straightforward matchup. Yeah. Um, tips, tips and margins, folks. Who did I ask for first last time? Let's go. Let's go, maybe first. I don't know. against Carlton, so go football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, football by how much? Um. <laughs> I don't know. Move on, thanks. <laughs> Ferris. Uh, Sydney by 34. Shendall? Um I'm going to go Sydney by two points. And that's fair. Uh, Sydney by 28 points. I'm thinking it is at Etihad. Um, we did play them at their midfield game fairly well. They were missing a few players, but we did play them fairly well uh, in the NAB Challenge. Um, and I do think we are we are improving, and I do think we will continue to improve. Um, but I'll probably go the team that is least likely to be wearing maybe blue on the day by about seventeen points. <laughs> go Blues! Yay! Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was inspiring. I'm so motivated now. Super like sad. Run through brick walls. Um, well, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Sydney. Was it happy dude that um, used to come out with the the over the top calls? Can we just? Can we just bring him in, even just for the the final tip, just to have someone tipping Carlton by, you know, no, 15 no. goals? No, no, because he would tip the opposition by 10 goals, yeah. thinking Carlton will win, and then the opposition started winning by more than 10 goals. <laughs> so... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. It was a disaster, Ferris. Thanks for reminding can we get unhappy dudes or something? I don't know. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> throw me a bone here. I'm trying. <laughs> Everyone tells me I'm trying. Anyway. You're very trying, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was waiting for that. Uh, all right, folks, we're going to leave it there um, because it will regret to see fast, as it usually does um, with these people. Um, so... <laughs> Hey, you're the host. Well, you uh, hey, the hey, I, I resemble that remark. Thank you very much. I'm one of the people. I'm a, I'm a man of the people. Don't worry. Um, 
Good night, HBS. Good night, everybody. Good night, Ferris. Gal. Good night, Shandog. Good night. And last and definitely not least, uh, catch you next week, maybe. Bye, guys. See ya. See y'all. Go to the Blue Baggots. Bye.